0: support for Lilo Podcasts comes from listeners like you who are masking up, maintaining social distance, and taking care of one another. DC 4. See for you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Todd Weber, and I'm the Fastest Man Alive. This is Russell Sellers, and he is the second Fastest Man Alive. We are here with dc for You, triumphant re-return. We are back in Season 2, and uh, we had a lot of good feedback on our shows on Stargirl, and, uh, of course, the last show that I can't remember. Oh, yeah, the DC Fandom. There it is. Uh, it's Sunday. It's been a lot <laughs> of football, folks. Uh let me turn it over to my co-host the wonderful and esteemed Russell Sellers. Russell, how's your football weekend been over there? You know, largely good,
1: mixed bag. We've all seen uh how the Falcons are doing. We don't have to get into that, but Alabama still undefeated. So I am uh I am reasonably happy about that. Uh also got to see uh, Kentucky had a nice win, and my of course Troy Trojans pulled out a big win over the uh, over the weekend too. So good times all the way around. But we here to talk about something that I know you are super excited about. Um, because well, yeah, it was my idea. Yeah, yeah, it was your idea. This was all Todd's idea to come up with a new series within a series, if you will, uh, something that we have done before on DC for you. But we decided to do it again in the Rebirth era with a look at DC Comics in the post-crisis era, in the era immediately following Crisis on Infinite Earths in a little series we're going to call Post-Crisis Intervention. And
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I- this is this is a really cool idea, Todd. Like, we're going to take a look at the individual heroes and even some of the the team books, I think, and uh, kind of see where everybody's at in the immediate aftermath of Crisis on Infinite Earth. So, like, just to give people a little breakdown, we're going to be going over like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, um, and, you know, Justice League, and Suicide Squad, and. Uh, Lots of, lots of other different places, but today it's all about, as Todd was alluding to earlier, the fastest man alive, the Flash, specifically Wally West. So,
0: Wally West, nephew of Barry Allen, and we should uh, preface this by looking at how he came out of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which wrapped up in, I believe is March of 1986.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, Wally was Kid Flash, uh, pretty much from his first appearance all the way up into the eighties. He was a member of, he was a charter member of the teen Titans. Uh, he had made a name for himself. I mean, he had a huge fan following, uh, and was like a lot of sidekick characters, you know, seemed to be being groomed to one day take over for his mentor. But as most sidekicks go in DC for the longest time, none of them ever really get there. But this, yeah, is, because
0: that that would require upsetting the status quo and taking away the heroes that people know and love. Precisely, and this was one of those
1: rare instances where the torch actually gets passed and gets passed in a big bad way, uh, because Barry Allen, uh, as anybody who has read any comics ever probably knows, dies saving yeah. uh, the multiverse or trying to save uh, Earth. During Crisis on Infinite Earths,
0: and what was that? Uh, Crisis number eight. I, uh,
1: I believe you are correct. That yeah, it the was, final
0: fate of the Flash, all-time great comic. Uh,
1: it's an amazing issue. Barry's sacrifice is like felt throughout; like it really reverberates, and it does so even more because, unlike some other characters who maybe seem to die and come back at the end of a big event, that didn't happen here. Barry's dead. He is, he was quite like,
0: dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like he was, he was gone and you're left with Wally West as the solo speedster, uh, left over at the end of crisis on infinite earths. So yeah. he, he picks up uh, that torch and runs with it, if you will. Uh, I'd say interestingly, that, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, and I'll, I'll yeah. I'd say that arguably there are lots of big changes that happen for characters coming out of crisis on infinite earths. But just looking at the status quo of the Flash, I think he might actually have endured the biggest amount of change.
0: Yeah, he's a whole new person. He's exactly. A whole new, yeah, he uh, the, the character of the Flash anyway. And and there are a couple couple of differences. But we, let's step back just a little bit. Wally had, uh, for all intents and purposes, retired. He walked away from his costume days and went off to be with his girlfriend, Frances Kane, in uh, Pages of New Teen Titans. There's a famous cover with he and Dick Grayson. And their, their costumes hanging out, wonderfully drawn by, of course, George Perez. Uh, and so he kind of came out of retirement during the crisis to look for for uh, Barry Allen, who disappeared. And there's a heartbreaking scene where Jay Garrick, the Golden Age Flash from Earth 2 at that point, and Wally are unable to find him. All they find is this costume. And it, it, it's really, really amazing, like the cosmic treadmill takes them into a void and sup- both Superman are there too um, pretty amazing scene coming out of there and then Wally at the end of the crisis is motivated to, uh, to take take over the reins and previously using his sp- speed was killing him if I recall correctly or uh, having a, a tremendous toll we don't talk about it a whole lot here in the, the, the uh, first 10 issues of this new Flash season series but Uh, that storyline got resolved at the end of Crisis, but at the cost of him being a lot more depowered, or only being able to reach the speed of sound, that's kind of the the limit they put on him, and Crisis ended in March of 86, like I said before, and he kind of puttered around, they let it breathe just a little bit they didn't just start a new Flash title the month after Uh, he was around for a little while, guest appearances in, in books like Justice League, and of course, Uh, Teen Titans, where he would come back and help Donna Troy on a couple cases. Famous George Pérez cover, I can remember, with the original Titans coming back together. But uh, it was the, actually, Legends by John Ostrander, Len Wein, and John Byrne that propelled this series. So, Legends started the same year that Crisis wrapped up and then this spun right out of it. But it's technically the first Flash comic right after Crisis. And Big Picture, it's Uh, you know about a year away it starts a year later and boy wally's changed quite a bit wouldn't you say as far as personality or were you not familiar with what he was like before this have you ever read the old titans comics
1: uh i have limited experience with the old uh teen titans comics but uh the younger wally i think i got a pretty good exposure to through uh animated shows like young justice, which pulled a yeah. lot of his personality from whenever he, like he's this like, young kid, you know, very impulsive, <laughs> if you will. And, uh, you know, they, they changed some things of course, for the, uh, for the television show, like, uh, his romantic entanglements and whatnot are, uh, changed over to being largely with Artemis, uh, and the show, but in the comics, it was a bit different as you, uh, already mentioned. Uh, but yeah, his, uh, the other version of Wally that I'm most familiar with is the grown up adult version of him. That's a dad, mm-hmm. like, uh, a husband and a father and who's gone through, you know, he's already been through a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, the, uh, the Jeff Johns era and kind of beyond that's where I'm more familiar with, uh, with Wally West, but going back to, and of course I've read the, uh, the Mark Wade, uh, flash mm-hmm. run, uh, for the most part. And, while he's not married and quite a father yet, uh, at the beginning of that, he's still been through a lot and you can tell that he's like matured as a character. He's still a bit impulsive and he still does like some dumb things here and there, but largely he's, uh, very, he's come to his own. He's very comfortable being the flash. But when we jump in here, uh, with the Mike Barron and uh, Jackson Geis run yes. on, on, uh,
0: Very good. Very
1: on, good. on uh, the 87 relaunch of flash, he's kind of stuck between these two things. He's, he's not a kid anymore, but he's also not an adult. He's not matured really to the point where I would say that he seemed all that recognizable to me. He's, He's being put in some really weird situations too. Sure. I I would love to have been in the room whenever Mike Barron pitched the idea of Wally's going to win the lottery.
0: Yeah, and right away. <laughs> yeah, that and that's episode like that's his pilot. That's his hook.
1: Yeah, that's his first issue. Wally wins the lottery, and it's like it's laughable now because it's like it's six million dollars, and I was like, really? <laughs> right. Um, that that's it. <laughs> And, of course, he does exactly what you would expect a 20-year-old to to do with $6 million. He's spending it on, like, frivolous things. Although I will say that in that first uh, – or it may have been issue too, when uh, he's taking his girlfriend out for a night on the town and trying to get into this, like, super expensive restaurant, which is all booked up, of course. But he's like, oh, I got money. I'll just slip this guy some cash and he'll let us right in. And as they're going in, she's like, oh, my God, Wally, are you sure about this? That was a 50, and I almost fell out of my chair.
0: Man, I spent $50 on uh, virtual currency for video games this past week. No, I'm just kidding, honey. Uh, (laughs) No, he's not. Yeah, I I, I think the characterization of Wally, um, best I can glean from it, he's 20 years old. He turns 20 years old right away, so... I am not a teenager. We're really pushing forward the the fact that he's changed and grown. But he doesn't act like a 20-year-old, at least. He doesn't read like any 20-year-old I've ever met. I, I did, don't – if I were 20 at the time, and I, I guess I wasn't, I was 15 when this came out – or 14 when this came out. Sorry, I'm old. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were you were four when this came out. Yeah. My God.
1: <laughs> I, I, I was a youngin. I was not quite – reading this stuff just yet uh, i will say though like there there is are some some strange bits right there there's at the a beginning. lot of strange bits. yeah right there at the beginning of mike Barron's run it's uh the winning the lottery bit is uh is only the beginning it's only like the tip of the iceberg of that i mean we also have wally west saying okay I'll run this. Uh, what was it? A heart that? Uh, yeah. A heart transplant. There's a transplant patient who needs this heart that's got to be run from one place to another, and uh, you know that's a that's a cool little There's bit. A catch. Yeah, there right. is. A he can't just
0: do that for the goodness of his heart. Um, he. <laughs> They've got to repay him in medical insurance.
1: Yeah, that was hilarious. I was like, my God, even even back then, everybody's talking about, you know what? Health insurance is a bitch. We, yeah. i got to get coverage. In
0: run, later in this run, they talk a lot about liability or insurance. I think Mike Barron was having some issues with things. There's a lot of insurance talk. It's not like uh, the Trade, Trade Federation or, or anything like that in, in Star Wars, but insurance policies are, have never featured so prominently in a comic book. And uh, let's talk about his three different, over the course of this, he he hooks up with three different women. In in quick succession. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he, go ahead. He starts, well, he starts with Francis Kane, who they call Francine here. I don't know if that's a pet name or if that's continuity error, because they've used both in there. And for she, she has magnetism powers. We've seen her uh, as the kind of generic villainous, Magenta, and we saw her on the Flash TV show—a kind of ad- adapted version of her, who was much younger, yeah—and um, maybe more goth, right? You remember that character? Francis, I, you know?
1: I do. I actually remember her uh, showing up in some of Mark wade's run as well. Like she, yes. she pops back up while Wally, Wally has another. Uh, I believe he's with uh, Linda Park at the time, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Francine shows back up uh, as Magenta. She seems a bit out of her mind. Uh, like her powers have kind of like split her personality, and it takes Wally like going to her to kind of try and talk her down. But it uh, it causes a little tension between him and Linda.
0: Um, but yeah, well, you know you know what it's like when an ex girlfriend suddenly shows up. I mean, if you're in a especially the beginning days of a new relationship, you don't your your significant other doesn't want to hear anything um. anything.
1: Oh, for sure. Not, uh, but yeah, you're right. Wally is definitely a bit of a player and like you, you get that impression from him just as soon as Francine is out of the picture, which by the way, is only two issues into Baron's run. Right. Like she's, yeah, they,
0: they dispense of her right after he wins the lottery. Right.
1: Yeah. She's gone very quickly, uh, from this book. I mean, Baron's run is not like super long or anything. Uh, he's on the book, I think for about the first year of it, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, but he does trade writing duties off with somebody, uh, reasonably soon. Uh, but anyway, the, during that time, you're right. He's, he's bouncing, uh, from one girl to the next. The very next girl is an older woman who is a a scientist who was, uh, uh, given a grant to study Flash's speed and study his powers and try to understand how they work. uh, She's the older woman, so uh, Wally's already headed into milf territory, I guess. Uh, but she happens to also
0: be married, so it's like, oof, boy, where are we going with this? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, older women are beautiful lovers. I, I, I don't know if you've heard the old adage, but yeah. they, they understand. So, <laughs> Tina McGee, they like this character so much, she made it onto the both iterations of the Flash TV show. Oh my
1: gosh, she did, didn't she?
0: She uh, did, yeah. Amanda Page, she was the main love interest um, on the uh, John Wesley ship, Flash, that, by Amanda Page.
1: My God, that's right. I had, that completely slipped my mind that that was a thing. But no, she was actually Wally West's girlfriend. Yep, uh, for a brief period uh, until more shenanigans happen uh, later on that involve like going to another dimension, but we won't even... Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We won't we'll, talk we'll, about that just yet. I yeah, do we'll I, our way I do want to mention, like, there were some, all these funny, just weird bits that happened throughout this. Uh, I didn't think I was going to wind up liking this series very much to begin with. Uh, I liked the Vandal Savage bit that they teased right mm-hmm. at the beginning, but all of that goes away by issue three. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're um, moving on. Yeah, it was like two issues in and then
1: Vandal Savage just kind of vanishes I was like
0: okay that's it and-, and he's a old flash villain going back to the golden age of comics an immortal guy and he finds out that there's a new flash so he he makes his presence known and flash kind of outs his secret identity you know yeah the uh, immortal guy who has to keep creating these new uh, um, fictitious businesses and identities to to stay stay relevant or stay stay alive and flash outs him and He's got more powers too. Vandal Savage is typically unpowered, but he showed some abilities here. Uh, yeah, it was really
1: strange and uh, undefined power set. Mm-hmm. It was just it was for the convenience of the story. But as you go along, you're like, okay, well they moved on from that very quickly, and then we get very- to uh, Greg Phillips' favorite Flash villain of all time, Kilgore.
0: Kilgore. Uh, <laughs> Kilgore. Yeah, I can't even pronounce the percentage <laughs> sign. Kill percentage sign re.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at this point, it's right about here, about issues three and four, where I've gotten to the – I've gotten that old 60s Fantastic Four feeling from it, hmm. where where we're just going to have a new villain every yeah. issue or two, and this villain just happens to be a random alien invasion. I'm like, we're already to that. We're only, like, three issues deep. Uh,
0: and creating a new rogues gallery for for Wally, though, you yeah. know? Baron is creating new characters, new antagonists, because he doesn't want to uh, bring in the rogues. Apparently, he had Wally, or Barry Barry fought the trickster so many times, etc., and uh, we've got a brand new rogues gallery that we're starting with a alien artificial intelligence that consumes everything.
1: And it, I I was. I was not that into that story i I thought it was okay by the end of it, but by the end of issue four, I was like, Oh good, this is over <laughs> Thank yeah. goodness, I am done with this
0: um, again a little two two issue pattern that he's he seems to be on you know introduce yeah. the the tension, resolve it to me the most important most entertaining things about that story were the uh, projections that he would, that Kilgore would put on screens, you know, his max headroom for a while, some (laughs) other just random cartoons. Like it was kind of funny. There is a sense of humor to these books and they are absolutely readable.
1: They they are. I will give it credit for that. These are not issues that I was like, oh my God, this feels like I'm reading something from uh, an absolutely bygone era. I was like, no, I, I still feel like I recognize where this comes from and the type of comics that are uh, being presented to me. This still feels pretty modern, uh, in that respect. And by issue five, I felt like he had, uh, that Baron had actually started to really find his footing Mm -hmm. and he introduces the character speed demon who I found a lot more compelling and had real motivation for hating Wally West specifically. So he being the, uh, uh, the wife are the uh, the husband. Excuse me mm-hmm. of uh, Wally's new love interest. So that yeah, um,
0: Tina's estranged and yet abusive and yet, husband uh, who who's on steroids. That and, that's the steroids are bad kids.
1: Yeah the this was some more weird uh faux science storytelling, but that that is to be expected. I mean this is the uh, the late eighties and. You know, you're, they're trying to build like you were like you were saying. They were trying to build a new Rogues Gallery for Wally West, and not just have him like rehashing all the uh, the old Flash villains from the Barry Allen days. Uh, and I get that. You know, that's and this is. A, I thought Speed Demon was a pretty good. Uh, Addition to the Rogues Gallery. I was thinking, you know what? This guy has real potential. He's a scientist. He has, like, intelligence uh, on the level of Wally West, which every once in a while they do remind us that Wally is a science nerd just like Barry was. Mm -hmm. So he has that same level of intelligence. He's just, you know, 20 years old and impulsive and does, like, stupid things Uh, like, you know, Dating uh, older married women <laughs> before they're divorced. Don't uh, knock
0: it until you – no, I'm just kidding. And,
1: uh, and somehow he's uh, a lottery winner, which I feel like was a thing – like a big deal to begin with. And then as the issues go on, it gradually gets pushed down right, and, right. and to the it, back. It,
0: it sets up the, the uh, HOA slash rich subdivision subplot. I think it uh, is. It does it that.
1: The, uh, the uh, yeah, the town, the, the city that he moves into, they are, they're like, Oh God, uh, our insurance is being canceled. They won't cover us so long as there's a superhero like this living in our town. So they keep trying to get him to voluntarily move. And while he's like, no, you move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like, no, I'm not going anywhere. And what happens? This is, this actually happens in issues five and six of Baron's run. When, they he has this big like fight with uh with McGee with a speeding
0: demon speed, uh, speed, M- speed M- McGee yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and he winds up like having a whole bunch of property destruction and it's, I think it st- it starts to occur to Wally then that uh, maybe they're right he's <laughs> like maybe I am a bit of a liability I'm I'm you know drawing these people here and uh, making. Trouble for everyone, and now stuff is getting blown up because of me. Oops. Uh, yeah, but
0: we should we should really talk about um they they go out of their way to contrast Barry and Wally. You know, Wally brings up Barry every issue. Yeah, but they do a really good job with recaps throughout every issue. You know, in case it's your first, um talking about the, the past and Barry. But why I say I'm I'm not like him? Barry was always broke. Barry was very conservative with uh, his his impulses. There, there's that word again. Um, you know, they, they go out of their way to do this. Also, Wally is uh, has no secret identity. He he his public identity is known. He keeps struggling with that.
1: Yeah, like there are moments in the in the early going where I was confused about what the status of his secret identity or his identity was. Because there was a point, if you'll remember, like, he uh, he passes out during the, the run across country, mm-hmm. and he gets taken to a hospital. And when he wakes up, like, several hours later, he's like, oh, God, there's a nurse standing here. He's like, did anybody take off my mask? And she was like, uh. well, well, no. And I was like, Wally, the doctor in the place that you just left knew you by name. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and people were
0: um, calling him knowing he's Flash. I. I think it is, but they, it's not like press known or anything like that. It's just not hiding it. It's, it's a, it's yeah. a weird, weird, again, undefined thing. It wasn't, wouldn't always be that case. And then it would again, you know, they've, they've rest, they've, uh, gone all over the place with his, his identity over the years. Uh, Jeff that, Johns too.
1: Yeah. That's something I wanted to ask you about. Like you're, uh. You were reading this whenever it was coming out, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I was.
0: This was one on on my poll list in 1986, 87. So, so like you're, you are intimately familiar
1: with this run, both from a perspective, like from a kid's perspective when you were reading it, and now an adult perspective, having like gone back and taken another look at it. Uh, What was your take on the idea of him not even having a secret identity? Like, do you think that that works better for for the Flash or just for superheroes maybe in general?
0: Yeah, well you, you, Bendis seems to think so, right? But <laughs> True. Um I think, you know, you look at the Fantastic 4, maybe that's what they they were going for. He's he's looking at, okay, well my identity's known, but you've got to give me something. You've got to give me some kind of uh currency. Whether it be actual money or you know, he's looking out for number one, making sure that he he can survive. Uh, it's not like the Peter Parker. I'm getting mine. He's he's very different than Barry. And, and again, I reading it at the time, you, it was definitely pointed out Barry was very guilty, guilt ridden, especially in the later part of his Carrie Bates run. You know, with his Iris um, trauma when everybody thought Iris West was dead and he was on trial for killing. Professor Zoom, the Reverse Flash, and a uh, lot, lot of stuff. That was really heavy reading for me in fifth, sixth grade. I was reading <laughs> these books coming from Seven Eleven. Oh, great! I want to read about uh, murder and and uh, the Justice League voting to kick him out. All that, that stuff. It was interesting though, back in the day. And I don't know, like, like uh, our friend Ben Morris. I was just attracted to the red of the costume when i was a kid that's a fun fun character you think about all the ways you know you fantasize you have super speed um and the depowering is something i noticed definitely because you think about barry allen he didn't ever talk about oh i've got to recharge they didn't have the speed force they didn't have any explanation for his powers other than he's fast he had these chemicals in him with lightning um wally has to eat and he has to rest you see definite consequences for his metabolism and using his powers so I was remembering how that was interesting and even though I was a teenager when this was coming out or barely a teen um I didn't necessarily relate to Wally he he seemed like he was an older guy I still related to say Dick Grayson though in the pages of Titans I didn't necessarily Wally always seemed a little bit older he was usually in steady relationships. You know, he'd moved on officially from superheroing uh, in, in Teen Titans and they brought him back in. Um, I guess I, I have to say it's just the flash. I was very excited that there was a new flash an actual legacy. Even when I was a kid, I was, it, that was fun. You know, it was kind of like, I was excited about Jon Stewart getting to be Green Lantern a little bit more. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's evolve these characters. Let's go places with them. I'm very in the, Crisis world, though, right? Um, all the Earths have merged, or at least the surviving Earths have merged. Why isn't Jay Garrick a part of the series at all?
1: I mean, that's a good question, but I, I feel like maybe coming out of Crisis on Infinite Earths, weren't all the uh, the Earth Two heroes oh, like yeah. Garrick? They were yep. World War Two yep. era, so okay. all of them had kind of passed. Uh, they
0: uh, they didn't die. What happened was there was this Last Days of the Justice Society special, and they were all. Hauled off to this Ragnarok dimension. You know the Odin. You know that story. That Uh, was so weird, Roy Thomas.
1: It's a. This is a weird era, uh, honestly. In DC, as much as there's so much cool stuff going on, yeah, continuity, uh, but (laughs) it's it is strange, and it's it's interesting to watch them building their continuity from not exactly from the ground up, because even though Crisis reset so much stuff. A lot of it picks up where these characters were before crisis happened, uh, and uh, and Wally's a big one of those, you know, because mm-hmm. all of Barry's history still happened, like all of that's still there, and Wally is just the next flash. But other characters like you know Superman, Wonder Woman, or even uh, to a lesser extent Batman. Yeah, uh, not so
0: much Batman. Uh, there were a little like, little bit of tweaking, little,
1: but, little tweaking there. But like, I, maybe Superman and Wonder Woman are the best examples who had their histories yeah. like totally upended.
0: Yeah. Hawkman uh, too, I can uh, think
1: yeah, with the Truman Hawk world. Yeah, like all, all of that. But Wally still has this like long legacy that is very much intact because it has to be. Otherwise, uh, Wally as a character doesn't work. So you know that all of that history. Still happen, but one thing that I do really appreciate about what Baron is doing here is he is making Wally his own character. He is he's given Wally like a a totally different personality, totally different problems, uh, and totally different uh, villains to deal with. Like his his whole life is completely different from Barry's. But I like what you mentioned before about how he does bring up Barry. But not in the same way, like in an annoying way, like how, yeah. uh, like, think about Hot Rod on, uh, on Transformers. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not navel-gazing uh, yeah. at all. Like, Wally is still very much that, uh, we keep using the word impulsive, but it fits him. Uh, yeah. he's, he's still being a kid. He's still acting like a teenager, but he's having to deal with consequences like an adult.
0: And, and I think I think having that year between the end of crisis and the start of this book maybe sets that up better because coming out of crisis, you know, I've got this shiny new costume. I'm going to live up to Barry's legacy. You know, we've had some time to him fi- to find his own way, guest appearances in other books. Um, yeah, he's definitely his own man, his own character, kind of a dry sense of humor, not just to him, but to the book. Yeah. Um, I I gotta say I like it a lot more than I thought. And it holds up. I'm not gonna say it holds up. It's very much 80s comics, but uh, it, it, it's it's like a, a Spider-Man comic or something at, of the time. It, it's still fun to read.
1: In a way, that's a good comparison. I would say that it is still very much like uh, maybe 70s Amazing Spider-Man in that there's still some fun happening here. There's still a lot of cool stuff, but there is some seriousness to it as well. And I like that Baron takes his storytelling seriously. He's doing silly things. He's doing stuff that's hugely laughable, especially whenever we get to the stuff with the chunk. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is funny stuff. But, but Baron takes it very seriously. He's telling this, like, without his tongue firmly planted in his cheek, at least it feels that way to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I especially felt that way about issues seven and eight that introduced uh, the red and blue trinity. Which I thought were pretty good new characters. Uh, These these Russian speedsters uh, who had been modeled, uh, who had been given speed modeled on the same way that Barry and Wally had gotten theirs. And I was like, "Well, this is interesting. Like their scientifically, like their science created speedsters, uh, meant to be like counter versions to uh, Barry and Wally." And it's really uh, this interesting bit of character development as Wally is convincing one group of them that, you know, you guys don't have to stay here. You could come to America. You could like, be superheroes like me. And they're like, you know, that's not a bad idea. Like, It kind of sucks here. We're we're living in this compound in the middle of a snow-driven wasteland. Uh, yeah, let's go to America. They got McDonald's there. And that you actually do see McDonald's in the very first issue. Then Golden Arches are already there. And I was, as I was reading it, uh, Elizabeth was looking over my shoulder, and we were like, you know, maybe they had better advertising deals worked out back then, or something, for them to be able to do that and not name it something else, like Big Belly Big Belly Burger wasn't a thing yet. Big Belly
0: Burger, and yeah, and uh, well, what's the jitters? Jitters wasn't a thing. Not not even a thing here. They, uh, you—they were in the middle, not the middle—the the, the kind of the dying throes of the Soviet Union. This is still Soviet Russia. Yes, and um, quite a, quite a difference. Is it, but it's it's an easy, I, I suppose, an easy way to get an, antagonism into the story. In uh, Soviet these... Russia
1: treadmill <laughs> runs you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Yakov. Mm-hmm. I, I also like the uh, every time there was Russian spoken, the the lettering wrote a whole bunch of uh, the the actual letters backwards and, but it was still readable. That was was
1: fun. I know I was able to read that. I was like, this is funny how they're portraying Russian instead of like typing it out or even putting the little brackets like we do now translated from Russian. They were just like, eh, let's flip an R backwards and they'll, they'll
0: get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they do They would do that. And okay, I guess it's Russian. Uh, I guess we're, we're reading the one thing that maybe concerns me is, Holy cow! There's a whole bunch of speedsters now, and you know you think about the Flash, the days of the Flash. There was just at least on Earth One after Professor Zoom, Reverse Flash died. There was just Wally and Barry, and now you've got all of these guys. You've got more legacy characters and villains. You've got Zoom coming up in about ten years, actually in about seven years from there. Yeah, a lot. A lot of uh, I, I don't. I don't want to say easy. It's kind of the problem that the show runs into to create an interesting opponent for the flash. We've got to have a super fast opponent yeah. and, uh, at least the red Trinity have a face turn. I, I was not expecting them or did not have the memory of the red versus blue, um, slash we have a purple haze when they fight together. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> like, okay. I guess that's clever.
1: It was a bit on the nose, but you know, I found that, uh, those two issues fun. I think the problem was that, uh, that we run into uh, some crossover itis right about here Uh, because uh, a crossover called millennium was happening at the same time as, uh, as about issue seven and eight of this. So it almost felt like just as soon as Mike Barron is really getting his legs under him, here comes this giant crossover event that's going on weekly in all the DC books. And, I dare say that it it, almo- it almost derails everything that he's doing uh, because there's this whole bit with uh, with manhunters and how Wally's dad is revealed to be one of them and right there's these uh, who
0: cares right there's these ten immortals that they've got they've got to be preserved and the the man man manhunters there we go are robots and it was a lot of clunky stuff is Wally's mom really dead has his dad always been a robot I don't understand you know and, um, um Wally's mom just like Wally's dad almost felt
1: like an an interesting new wrinkle in the story when he first shows up. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my." I at that point though, like I didn't have enough knowledge of the Flash to understand exactly what kind of relationship Wally had to his father. So as I'm reading those issues, uh or that issue specifically when Wally's dad shows up and He's weirded out by it. I was thinking, okay, well, is your dad the type to just randomly show up with you? Like, do you guys have uh, a close relationship at this point in continuity? Like, I, I don't know anything about your relationship. But then he has a conversation with, uh, with Tina about it. And he's like, this is the weirdest thing that could have happened. Me and my dad are not close. And him showing up randomly out of blue like this is right. just...
0: Uh, moving in.
1: Yeah, and moving into my house is the most like unexpected thing that could possibly have happened. I would never have pegged my dad to do something like this because we don't talk. And at that point I was like, I relate so much to what you are saying right <laughs> now. I get exactly where you're coming from, but then they do that whole, like, uh, while his dad is now pulled into being part of this millennium crossover and I feel like it ruined it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, it could have been interesting to just kind of follow up on that because who, again, who was Wally's father figure? Barry. Barry Allen, and he's gone. And so that that's an interesting story to me. But all of the DC books had to deal with this. They were there were yeah. all these sleeper agents. Every book from the Legion of Superheroes to the Teen Titans to uh, Justice League International (JLI) blah ha, ha days had these supporting characters who were revealed to be robot. Manhunters. I keep saying Mindhunter because it's uh-huh. an excellent show on Netflix. But yeah, the Manhunters, the anti-Green Lantern core that... It's just who cares? Who gives a crap? Yeah. Because it was a terrible storyline. That's
1: what And it launched its own book uh, of the of those new immortal characters that they were all looking for uh, that lasted less than a year. Uh, was Snowflame
0: in that book or is that something else? Am I thinking of something else? No! I, Estrano and Woodrue was in there, and I can't remember the the. It's it's something I could look up, but yeah, it's, it launched this thing that. Pff, it me- is
1: it is quickly forgotten. It does not last in uh, in the post crisis continuity. I think by the time we get to zero hour, nobody even remembers that that mm-hmm. shit happened. Um, and and rightly so, it was dumb, and it ruined and it like tripped up and otherwise. Uh, solid run that was really starting to go somewhere, I thought. Uh, but then we get to uh, all this stuff with the chunk, who is a very odd character, <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, how to describe him?
0: Yeah, yeah. How is chunk? He's a, uh, he's,
1: he's large. He is a big man who also happens to be a scientist who merged with a black hole generating machine Mm -hmm. of sorts. that he created. (laughs) He has to keep feeding. Otherwise, it becomes like he's like a walking singularity, but he also has to feed another living singularity. It's all a... I suggest you want to talk
0: you, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's like I suggest you don't worry about it and just try to enjoy yourself <laughs> because the more you try to think about the science that Barron is writing into this, the more it makes your head hurt <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. Uh so you don't try to make sense of it. There's just this dude who can uh create gateways to other dimensions that he also himself travels to. He takes people who are mean to him and drops them off there. Uh sometimes yeah, he doesn't like
0: this counter earth type place, you know, and it's,
1: yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, Wally West gets trapped on this, uh, counter earth of sorts, uh, with all these like
0: verse, what do we call this place?
1: Uh, I'm just going to call it the chunk verse. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. He gets trapped in the chunk verse. He finds all these people who have been like whisked away from, uh, from our dimension into theirs. And now they're, they're basically like going all Lord of the flies on each other. Uh, he,
0: Yeah, and, and he
1: it. winds up finding himself yet another love interest who is ready to to hop on the old uh, red suit if you will uh, right from the jump it took no time wally's been here all of 2 seconds and she's yeah, like first night there she's like i'm ready to uh, <laughs> to hop on this red speedster dick and I, i'm like wally i don't know what it is about you dude but you you just find yourself in these situations, I guess. Uh, and that's, that's about as far as we read. We only did the first, yeah. uh, 10 issues of this.
0: So we had a cliffhanger at the end of the issue 10, but still, you know, um, you get the gist of the series. It, it's yeah. interesting that Baron didn't last much longer and they brought in, uh, William Messner-Lebs, the least co-ride. And then he, he had it for a while. Uh, I don't know. It's still good. It's still interesting. The Flash is an important title to DC. It's the first Silver Age title. So um, continuing it, it just has this history. Uh, Plus, he's so visible with TV. And even back then, people knew who The Flash was. But having – they wanted to build him up and make another big four – Especially because some of the licensing deals they would have, Batman was being taken over into a different area of licensing for the movie stuff. So we would have these trading cards that had Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern, but no Batman. So it's almost like Batman was this whole other entity. Yes, he was big enough and could carry it, but uh, we need, to, we need to, other characters to step up. And I, DC's trying. You know, they're trying with the Flash, and the comics are fine. Um, I, I think I like the logo quite a bit, <laughs> you know, that's a, the, if I can give compliments, the, the logo is tremendous. The covers are kind of average. The art is serviceable for the time, you know, guys, guys is okay. malstat the inker uh, works a lot with Keith Giffen. So I got a lot of Keith yeah. Giffen Legion and ambush bug vibes. I don't know if you've read a lot of Keith Giffen art stuff oh, in, your, in your time.
1: Oh, uh, definitely. I love Keith Giffen. I think that he, Good. uh, he is one of the absolute best, uh, and underrated artists uh, yeah. of all time, especially well, his DC work.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he was the, with Justice League, he did breakdowns, and then uh, McGuire would go over and and draw them, flesh yeah. them out. So, I mean, our, but but uh, Larry Malsted would often work with Keith Giffen, and I got Butch Geist, I know best from Superman and Supergirl work, and his art there is fantastic and very detailed and realistic almost, and this this is not necessarily that, but it, definitely the storytelling is good um, and no point was I really confused sometimes I would look and that's weird anatomy and then I'd realize oh that's a member of the blue trinity whose anatomy is totally warped from the, the tre- process so yeah I, I, I like all these comics um, I want to compare and contrast them with some of the other stuff that was going on at this time because yeah. we know where Wally ended up but it's neat to see where he started
1: yeah this was necessary I feel like if you're going to read like the classic runs like Mark Wade and Jeff John's uh when it comes to Wally West, you probably should go back and check out the Mike Barron era. Uh because this is where they really kicked off Flash's solo run, like his solo journey Wally West solo journey anyway. Right. And one of the one other little thing that I love that he continuously deals with through pretty much every issue of this that we read is how many people keep calling him Kid Flash? Yes, uh, and don't call me that. And he's yeah, he's like he's frustrated by it. He tries not to get mad about it, and I appreciate that about him. That even though we made him a millionaire, that doesn't really change <laughs> how he deals with people necessarily, because he's still like, you know, I'm wearing the Flash costume. I'm calling myself Flash. Like, I'm I'm not. A kid like you can clearly see that i am a grown-ass man and they're like yeah you're still kid flash <laughs> it's like he, he can't yeah. catch a break he gets no respect he's the rodney dangerfield of the dc universe right now
0: but well and kid, kid flash's first costume was just a modified version of barry's costume so
1: yeah exactly you know
0: that, that in the public's eye they've seen him look like this before yeah
1: he's he's struggling like you can tell that, that struggle is there i also relate to that you know like, i'm is that I'm grown. I'm trying to be taken seriously and viewed as a peer to these people, but they still want to talk to me as a child. And yeah, that's that's incredibly frustrating. Like, so you know, absolutely, I think everybody can relate to that, uh, uh, you know, in some way to some degree. So, yeah, I think I'm going to say Mike Baron Flash. My final verdict on it is: this is a good run to get into. Unfortunately, it does have some trip ups with the crossover stuff. But, as an inter comic doesn 't though yeah that, that's true, like around this era that 's probably going to be true yeah. of a lot of comics, but the character work, the art, and just the the general ideas being presented here really lay some strong groundwork for which Wally West can be built upon, and by the time you get to mark Waid's run, if you 've read this stuff here, it makes that that much more impactful and certainly by the time you get to jeff johns's run it's even more so because you'll have all of this uh, build-up of this guy of this character and it all really started with mike Barron, who deserves a lot more credit than he's probably ever gonna get but he did a he did a pretty good job of setting wally west up for future
0: success and he created chunk Or the chunk. At that time, he was the chunk. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert Chunk chunk becomes a good guy later. So that's good. But neither Wade nor uh, John's used him a whole lot after this. But he's on the TV show. So Chester P. Runk lives on in some form.
1: And I think they kind of did a modified version of this. Uh, story, but didn't really use it as a flash villain on Justice League Unlimited because there was a guy on that show. Uh, it was a, a Booster Gold focused episode where a scientist merged with a black hole generating machine that he had created and he keeps absorbing everything around him uh, and creating like what is going to become a singularity that'll destroy Earth. And uh, long story short, Booster Gold saves the day. But nobody knows he did it, and nobody, like, really believes him because the Justice League was distracted dealing with, uh, a, like, one of their uh, big magical uh, villain threats whose name escapes me at the moment. But uh, I think that that might have been a, a callback to the chunk. Okay. Uh, you know
0: I wonder. I wonder. We'll have to ask uh... – Paul De- or Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini someday.
1: Yeah. Like that's, uh, well, I'll just tweet at them and be like, was this really, was this there, a, yeah. a, well, a thing? Maybe a throwback because uh, the chunk I, I get isn't necessarily really worth exploring in depth, <laughs> but, uh, maybe you just wanted to like slide that in there. Cause you know what? That's a pretty good idea. Like a, a walking singularity who is like needing to continuously feed the beast, if you will. Uh, but, Overall, uh where would you rate this in your uh in your post-crisis uh reading?
0: Uh I will say it's the best one I've read lately. Well, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> It's the first I'm gonna one. I'm going to say I have really fond memories of Burn Superman at this point. Um and so I'll I'll say I'll go ahead and say it's kind of middle of the pack. You know, I, it doesn't I, I don't go and say, oh, he revolutionized everything. I think it it's definitely a forgotten-about series, so I think it atten- it deserves more attention. But is it as good as, say, Man of Steel miniseries or that first couple George George Perez-Len Wien series of Wonder Woman? I don't know. But it's good comics, I will say that. Worth a look, especially if you want to get into Wade john's runs work your way up these are easy easy runs they're all on dc unlimited uh which is changing We're, or sorry dc universe uh what are they calling it i just got an email dc D- universe elite no DC, S-
1: dc universe infinite infinite uh, okay uh and this flash run like from baron all the way through uh through the Johns era, I think is, is largely on here. Maybe a few issues are still missing, but it's continuously expanding. So it's all going to be here eventually. And you can read the entire Mike Barron run uh, easily and the entire Wade run without interruption. So. For the price of a
0: trade paperback per month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For less than, less than actually. Uh, This is some really uh, like great resource for comic fans like if you were going to get in on any services i would say dc like subscribe to dc universe subscribe to marvel unlimited uh and you're set but that's more comics than you'll ever be able to read in a lifetime yeah. um but this is if you're going to read that post-crisis era of dc comics which i would say is definitely like my era of dc certainly uh i think todd that would be your like your formative years would have been yeah, like post crisis so mm-hmm. that's That's kind of our era of DC. Like we came to it at different times. Like you were probably there from like the beginning.
0: Yeah, I read some pre-crisis comics. I was really into books like Firestorm and JLA and the aforementioned uh, Flash. But yeah, this is really where I started collecting and reading comics voraciously was the post-crisis, the Man of Steel, the Batman year one, the... Uh, I didn't read Wonder Woman at the time, but I've got them all, and I read them later in life and uh, trying to think of something else I was reading. And, of course, Justice League, Giffen, um, De- De Matias, I can't say it. Uh, that Those were all books I was reading every month and loving and getting at my uh, my comic saver, my pull list. Yeah, I've, uh,
1: and I came to it later, of course. I, I wouldn't start reading comics until the 90s. and. It was uh, it was really sporadic then too because we had no local comic shop to speak of, but grocery store and spinner rack kind of thing. So that's that's where I was at. But coming to it later on, like I've got a huge collection of DC trades that I've been making, all of it from the post-crisis era, just trying to to build a a cohesive like on like one long big story from Crisis on Infinite Earths all the way to Flashpoint and i too i've i've got all of that george perez wonder woman run mm-hmm. that uh i've only read just a little bit of so i think that's where we should go next and uh okay. the next uh post crisis uh, yeah the post crisis intervention second episode will take a look at the first 10 issues of the relaunched wonder woman series that uh that came after the legends event uh, that was Wonder Woman's actual first appearance post Crisis, uh, and while Flash still has like a lot of history behind him and everything else, I feel like uh, well, it's true that Wonder Woman's history gets completely rewritten.
0: Yeah, they're treating her like a brand new character in the DC universe, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a brand a fresh new approach to Wonder Woman, so I am curious how this is going to read for me. I feel like it's going to feel very familiar. Uh, to me because this is probably going to be the version of Wonder Woman that I mostly grew up with but it will also inspire me to research into like what her silver and especially her golden age uh, iterations were really like.
0: Ah, you um, don't need to do that.
1: Yeah, probably not but um, <laughs> it, it would at least be worth a look like what were the differences between Wonder Woman okay. then and Wonder Woman in the uh, the mid and late 80s because uh, this is a storied run from uh, George Perez and uh, also from uh, writer Lynn Wein. So, uh, we're very, I'm very much looking forward to diving into that because yeah, I, I have I have wait. I have not read those first ten issues, uh, and I am excited to see, of course, more George Perez art because the the guy is a master. It's um, my goat. Yep that's that's the guy and him drawing Wonder Woman it's. It's storied for a reason. There's a reason that this is considered the greatest Wonder Woman run of all time. So we're going to dive into that in the next episode. Uh, so wrapping it up, Mike Barr's yeah. Flash Run, uh, pretty good. I would say I would also put it kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road. But uh, it was definitely worth a look. It was worth getting into just to to read some of the uh, the oddball weirdness of it. But also to see uh, just how Wally's character is legitimately progressing as this goes along. It's like you can see the budding superhero, like the real budding hero within him that's going to come out and be like you know, the paragon of hope, really, in this era of DC Comics. It's, it's not there yet, but it will be, and you can see how that's coming along. So uh, this, was a, yeah. this was a fun one to get into, Todd. I'm glad we did this.
0: Yeah, he they eventually gave him more relatable problems. Like, I, if I were reading this at the time, I know despite our ages, I, I wouldn't necessarily have related to it as much. Uh, but later on, I definitely hit my stride with the Wade character. I went, oh, that guy has a lot of similar problems to me in trying to live up to uh, the expectations of a parent who is successful. So I'm looking forward to it. i uh, glad I read this, though. And it's interesting to see the changes of him. Uh I will say one for thing before before I forget, he was drawn very tall. In he these was issues. Um they made him seem at least more more physically bulky and and tall than I'm used to seeing Wally West, and maybe that's intentional just because hey, he's the flash, he's the big guy now.
1: I don't know. Uh I think they did that to try and make him seem like You know, an adult, but it's hard for people who've always known him as a kid to see him as anything else. And I think that's the real battle that Wally is truly facing throughout at least the first two to three years of his time Mm -hmm. as The Flash. He's going to go through that trial. But luckily, if you've read any of the Wade run, and especially if you've read the Johns run, you know that that time comes to a definitive end and everybody views him as the yep. flash uh so there is a a happy ending there of sorts for wally west uh we won't go into anything else no. uh no uh, we'll get
0: there so yeah this was fun thank you
1: yes uh we will of course get to wonder woman the next time around we'll be taking a look at the uh lynn Wayne and george perez uh Issues about uh, the first ten issues of that Wonder Woman series uh, that launched out of the uh, Legends event. We may even mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Legends and how it was uh, a, the big follow-up to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, but mostly, we're just going to focus in on Wonder Woman, and then, of course, uh, as uh, post-Crisis intervention goes, we'll be focusing in on lots of other uh, characters from the post-Crisis era to talk about what happened to them, like what were the biggest changes. What uh do we like about it? Do we think that these were good changes? Were they bad changes? Uh did the books actually like you know, improve? Was this was this even worth reading? Yeah. But, but you will hear all of that in the coming episodes of DC for you rebirth. And we will see you next time. DC for you.